Before we get into today's episode, we want to tell you about the Mina Kimes show featuring Lenny. This podcast will get you ready for the NFL draft as Mina is joined by her friends each episode to talk about the latest NFL storylines. That's the Mina Kimes show featuring her dog, Lenny. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. The ESPN NHL podcast with Linda Cohn and Emily Kaplan. Welcome to another edition of the In the Crease podcast. No Emily Kaplan. She's the busiest woman in America, actually North America. Instead, we got the great John Butchergrass, who, oh, by the way, has a busy schedule himself, but he has spared some time to chat hockey with me and how the playoffs. We are rolling, Butchie. We are rolling. Uh, first of all, thank you for spending a few minutes with me on the In the Crease podcast. Great to be here. Just did a couple of games in Toronto, games one and two, a couple of blowouts. So uh, good good atmosphere to start the playoffs. I'm ready to roll. Well, that's where I want to start because this is one of the most intriguing series uh, when I look at what's been going on so far. I know it's only a small sample size. We all know that. But uh, this is like, uh, oh, well, sorry, Leafs fans going into this, and this is the way I felt, despite their high-powered offense and despite Austin Matthews' record-breaking regular season, I still gave the edge going in, Butchie, to the Lightning. They are the two-time defending Stanley Cup champs. Uh, I wanted to give them their props. I know how much they want to three-peat, and they really do. So I knew it was going to be a series, and I feel it's still going to be Lightning in seven. But before we get to your pick going in, and maybe you and I don't have a pick because you're doing play-by-play, but the atmosphere you mentioned in Toronto has been sensational. Talk to me about that experience because it's been such a long time since they had a full house for a playoff game for Toronto Maple Leaf fans. Yeah, I mean, two years ago, the bubble last year, they did let in, what, a couple hundred frontline workers for game seven but yeah so that was the first time people who have been around there a lot said it was the loudest the building has been in like 15 years it's not a notoriously really loud building they they rattle their jewelry more than they do anything when the when the maple leaves do well <laughs> those those seats are expensive so uh but they were great in game one not as loud in game two maybe it was some of that pent-up energy you talked about but uh of course it all went their way in game one so it just got louder and louder and so yeah so it was uh they're hungry, a 55-year drought from their last Stanley Cup, 18 years since their last playoff series win. That's unbelievable. And they certainly have a young team uh, that has the capabilities, but do they have enough on the back end and in the net? That's where Tampa Bay's strength is, and that's why they've won back-to-back cups. No team has won three in a row in the salary cap era. That would be a great accomplishment. It's so hard to keep rosters together and – for them to pull it off, it would be something. Didn't look good after game one, but after game two, I imagine they're kind of back feeling good about themselves. Well, but you know, we've been watching hockey for decades, and we know once comes Stanley Cup playoff time, uh, every game is itself, right? I mean, I don't yeah. think you can bring what happened in a game one, right, into a game two. We've seen that so far with the small sample size as we speak and talk on this podcast, um, how one game has nothing to do with the next. Uh, but let me ask you this. I don't think I've ever seen the resiliency that I've seen from the lightning. It's almost like, like, give me your observation of, you know, game two. I mean, it's not like the lightning were outplaying the Leafs 
the entire game, but somehow, some way, they find a way to blow out the opposition and say, wait a minute, we're not built to lose two playoff games in a row. Yeah, I mean, their record, you know, 15-0 and following a loss now during this run, it's unbelievable. They just haven't lost two in a row. When they lose, it kind of reboots the whole team. Obviously, it starts with Vasilevsky, but then that big four uh, a defenseman that they have with Hedman, Chernak, uh, McDonough, and Sergachev. I mean, these are big men who can move and skate. To put those four in front of Vasilevsky, and then to have all the forwards work in unison, Kalorn is such a pro. He just tightened his game up so much. Uh, Palat, such a pro, tightened his game up so much. Kucherov was like a maestro out there after a real bad game one. Point looked like playoff Braden Point, who's been a legend, 14 goals in each of the last two playoffs, back-to-back 14-goal playoffs, and was unable to get a con smite. That poor guy, what more can you do? He comes back with the goal. So, yeah, it just – and then Nick Paul, they get Paul and Hagel because at the deadline, because, you know, after losing Gord, Coleman, and Goudreau, they can't replace them right away. they got to wait for the cap to kind of go down. They make the move and get Paul and Hagel – and suddenly they have that depth back again with Colton and Corey Perry was a new ad this year. He gives them so much. So, yeah, it almost – it is funny. You lose game one, it looks like, oh, new team in town. It's the end of the bolts. Then after game two, geez, can the Leafs possibly beat the Lightning three out of five times now, which is what they'll have to do to win the series? That seems hard to do. So it's, it's just so funny. Yeah. It's why we – it's why we love the playoffs because the emotions swing back and forth. It's like real housewives of North America. It's just total mayhem and you can't predict anything. Yes, you forgot the word chaos and drama. Yes, that yes. From connecting exactly. to the all that. real housewives. All of it, all of it. Hey, you know what else? If you would ask me, if we turn the tables and you would talk to me about my biggest observation from the postseason so far, as I, I know you've been locked in, obviously, that's series Toronto-Tampa. Not that you don't follow the other series. Well, that's why I'm having you on because right. I know you do. But my biggest observation is, and I'd love to hear what you think, is that these officials are calling tons of penalties here in the playoffs. Butchie, what about swallowing the whistle? I mean, I think it's come down to uh, special teams uh, and how good your power play is in this postseason. It sure does. That's what happened with the Lightning last night. You know, they did nothing in game one, uh, 0 for 5. And, yeah, the penalties are being called. and You can sense the frustration Victor Hedman talking in between periods with uh, Kaylee Chelios uh, last night. Like, There's no flow. It's hard to get a flow and rhythm in the game because there's always a whistle and a power play. Guys, you know, they, they miss their shifts because not everybody kills penalties. Austin Matthews isn't really going to kill penalties, so he's not going to be out there for a while. So, yeah, it's uh, there's no doubt, at least in, our, in this Maple Leaf series for sure, there's a lot of whistle stuff that wasn't a penalty in the past, like roughing. I get the free hand pulling and tugging on guys. That's good. We want to see that. But, boy, they're uh, when in doubt. Maybe they told them to go go strict early and then slowly fade away, or maybe it's an unspoken un- yeah. unspoken thing. But Because, yeah, right now it's a lot, and it does kind of disrupt flow a little bit. Yeah, it's happening in the other series as well. Uh, that is uh, for sure. Another um, storyline that has taken place, involving uh, two teams, is that uh, they're down to their third-string goaltender. Uh, we saw it, of course, uh, in Carolina last night when David Pasternak took out Auntie Ronta, who was filling in for Freddie Anderson. And so the young, the young star came in there, Kochekov, did the mm-hmm. job, and Carolina has a two-game-to-none lead. 
And then, of course, the team that you know very well and follow, the Pittsburgh Penguins, perhaps the best storyline so far of the playoffs. Uh, Louis Deming, Mr. Journeyman in that, uh, comes out. We all know the story by now. Double overtime, saves the day for the Pens, stops all 17 Rangers shots, and uh, gives the Penguins time to win in triple overtime. I've never seen uh, this kind of adversity in the goaltending position for multiple teams that we are seeing right now. Yeah, I agree. You know, that one reason why maybe scoring was up this year across the league was, you know, the goaltending position isn't quite what it was when, you know, we grew up with the game and even in the, in the 80s and 90s and aughts and we had Hashik and Belfour and Wah and Brodeur. They're just, you know, the, the goaltending field is a little thin. And then when you throw injuries in there, and of course we're up to 32 teams as well, it's uh, it's 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 going to be we're going to get situations like this, third string goalie. So scoring should only continue to go up, and uh, I, I think that's a big reason why. Like I can't imagine the Rangers aren't going to have a field day in Game Two against Louis Domingue. I could be off on that, but I kind of like the Rangers in the over tonight. Yeah, no, for sure. And by the way, you know what's amazing? I mean, again. All props to Louis Domingue, for sure, for what he accomplished. As I mentioned on SportsCenter, sitting on your butt for four hours plus, eating spicy pork. It's supposed <laughs> to come out of that and go in there and stop 17 shots and, and win a game for your team. But, I mean, let's not ignore Igor Shosturkin and the amount of shots he saved. I mean, it reminds me, Butchie, back in the day, playing goal for Oswego State, up against the big red Cornell, that women's team <laughs> would fire like 75 to 80 shots. And of course, I, not playing the role of Igor Shosturkin, Butchie, would let in 16 goals, but I would have a great game. But yeah, my right. God, how much can a goaltender can take? <laughs> I know. And, and uh, boy, and I, I was surprised. They, they played them well in the regulation. And uh, yeah, I still think in the end, the Rangers, who have played very well against the Penguins, will get the game two win and then go to Pittsburgh. And that's when it's really fun, Linda. As you know, these game threes really are cool, whether it's 1-1 or 2-0. So much desperation in in that third game. Game threes are a blast. Yeah, no, for sure. A couple more, then I'll let you go. Um, All right. So you know where we stand now with all these series. And and where do you see an upset? And again, I don't know if we can call uh, like a – Capitals maybe beating Florida would be an upset, but all eight teams, as you know, were over had a hundred points. So if we're going to have an upset, what is your gut telling you? Yeah, I guess I I would call Capitals over Panthers an upset. But like you said, this is a team that won a cup a few years ago. I actually picked them uh, on our ESPN predictions. You know, it's fun to we got to pick one or two upsets. There's always upsets. Yeah, and so you know they're, they're, we're not going to be chalk, and they just you know they play them tough. They they clog the neutral zone. They have Hathaway and Wilson, Ovi, those big bodies, and they're not going to go up and down on the Capitals. The, the Pan- this is not you know you're not playing against Ottawa and Detroit here in the playoffs. This is big boy <laughs> stuff. Yes. and so so you got to figure it out. And you know I just wonder can they figure it out in time? So and then in the other way you know, in the Western Conference certainly it's Los Angeles. They get Game One. You know, certainly Edmonton comes back to even a series, but certainly the Kings, I like how they're going with those young kids by field. Uh, you know, th- that's the future. They know that they're not going to win the cup this year, but they want to get these guys reps now and, and keep coming every year. And so, but the Kings with Jonathan Quick and, and, and the way the Oilers can feel a little bit of pressure, that would probably be, you know, the, the one big upset right there. It looks like the Avalanche aren't going to 
kid around at all. They are steamrolling early. Yeah, and speaking of the abs, I mean, come on, everyone's forgetting hello. No, you know, they forget to mention no UC Soros. I mean, that's a yes. that guy's a game changer. I'm not saying Nashville would upset Colorado, but the, I, I thought that series could go six with UC Soros. And um, your series, what was your pick for uh, Tampa Toronto, the one you're doing play by play for? Yeah, I picked Toronto. I thought with Matthews in that uh, in that offense and the fact that Tampa's played so much hockey the last three years, um, I thought that they have a chance to get him. I still think they have a chance to get him. As you said, whatever team goes scorching hot in the power play is going to win some of these series. You remember last year, Tampa Bay yeah. was four. Tampa Bay was 40% in the first two rounds last year against the Panthers and the Hurricanes, and that powered them to the conference final, and then they go on to win. Well, you know, if, if the Maple Leafs suddenly from game three on have a 40% power play, well, there's a good chance they're going to win the series. So if they're going to keep calling these penalties yeah. and we're having, we're having five, six power plays a game, not one or two like the old days, and you got a hot power play and you score three goals, you're going to win. It's not like the old days when you, the Boston Bruins, right, had the worst power play in the postseason. <laughs> they won a cup. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. One more, and then I'll let you go. I lied. One additional bonus. Icing on All the right. cake. Listen, loving, loving what you're doing, uh, your play-by-play stuff. I mean, it's, you're no stranger to it, obviously. Uh, college hockey, your, your jam. But now doing NHL games. Uh, give me your biggest observation, something that, A, you didn't expect or did expect or like more than you thought you would. Yeah, just it's just such a thrill to be that focused during a game because it is, it is the playoffs and everybody's focused, the fans, the players, the referees, and just to be that dialed in where you don't think of anything else in your life for those two and a half hours. It's the great gift of sports and the great gift of this job that when we're doing our job, we are just so all in, we're not distracted. It's such a fun, emotional sport to begin with, but then just the passion and the, and the focus around it by everybody, you're kind of carried up in that. And it really makes for a great quality of life. It just makes life better. Spring and summer, you know, late spring, early summer around the Stanley cup playoffs always brings me amazing amounts of joy. And to see everyone feel that, other people in the business and the fans and the players who are going to have their dreams come true, one team's going to get the Razak Cup, it's just awesome. It's a, it's a great thing to be a part of, a huge, huge blessing that I never take for granted. Your series now in Tampa, I expect you to hit them straight, and you'll have Let's go. time for hitting the, hitting the – hitting the, you're already <laughs> locked in for that as well. Let's go. Get, <laughs> dialed on the ice and off the ice, Linda. There you go, Butchie. All right. Always great. Really appreciate you with your busy schedule, uh, spending a few minutes with uh, with me on the In the Crease podcast. Thanks, Butchie. Stay dialed, Linda. Stay dialed. <laughs> that was a treat. Always love having my good friend John Butchergrass on. Uh, so appreciate you guys listening. Uh, yeah, like I, as I mentioned, like my biggest observation so far, I can't believe the, the, the officiating in every series. They're calling so many penalties. I'm with Victor Hedman. It stops the flow. It hurts the flow. I mean, we've had a few blowouts, more than I would like in the first round. I thought many of these games would be uh, hotly contested. I thought we'd have more than one overtime so far, even though it's just been a few days of Stanley Cup playoff action. Uh, maybe I just jinxed it, and we'll maybe we'll get a bunch of overtimes coming up in the next few days. Uh, but uh, it's still amazing. It's still great. And it's extra special to see these games and having wall-to-wall Stanley Cup playoff hockey on ESPN and ESPN2 and ABC. 
So I hope you guys, and I know you guys, are enjoying everything you're seeing so far. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Linda Cohn here on the In the Crease podcast.